everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 201st episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. Just wanted to start this episode off by saying thank you so much to everybody out there who reached out um, during the airing and uh, release of our 200th episode. It really means a lot to me and everybody here on the podcast to to hear your kind words and to see you share it around. It It's really awesome. It just means so much to us, and it's been such a fun ride. And it's really all in part, uh, you know, because of you guys, because you all continue to do this each and every week, and it it really blows us away. So I'm not going to harp on everything that I said in the last episode, but thank you to everybody who shared the episode around last week. It was was huge for us, and it really means a lot, so thank you. But in this episode, we're going to take things back. We're going to go very far back in time, and it was funny because I didn't even realize it was this long ago. So back in 2017, a long, long time ago, um... We were doing a series of episodes, an ongoing series, with the talking robot 2XL. Now, if you don't know anything about 2XL, 2XL was basically a a robot that had a tape, and you put a Jurassic Park tape, um, in in our case here today, we put a Jurassic Park tape in, and it tells a story, um, and you can pick and choose your your, uh, routes and what you want to do, where you want to take your story, Basically, you choose your own adventure with a talking robot. Now, back in 2017, uh, I think it was like episodes uh, later in the 90s, 90-something, and then 100-something, and then we did one for our 2017 Halloween special, and then we forgot about it up until now. But uh, part three of that ongoing series, uh, I don't really count the Halloween one. That doesn't really count into our our series, but uh, part three, which was recorded back in 2017... (laughs) Me and Aaron did part three back then, and we're going to finally air that one. So I have no idea what is in that episode. None whatsoever. I didn't listen to it. Uh, I probably should have. But, um, you know, as as with every other part in this series, we go through the story, choose our own adventure. And if you want a good, some good context, at least go back and listen to parts one and two to hear where we stand. Because if, if I remember correctly, I think this one... Um, retreaded a lot of stuff that we did back in parts one and two or, or something like that. And at this point, none of that matters because I'm sure nobody remembers. I don't remember. But um, I think if I remember correctly, I think we talked about that um, in this episode. So so we'll see. 
Um, but I think it's a lot of fun, and hopefully me and Aaron can do some more for you guys. So I think this episode is probably even a surprise to Aaron. So um, <laughs> so, so I hope you guys really uh, enjoy this episode. They're always so much fun to record. So if you want more from this, let us know, and we'll certainly go ahead and record some more for you guys. So that is our um, our big segment for today's episode. But of course, we're going to go into the news before that and talk about uh, production designer for Jurassic World 3. We're going to talk some Lego and uh, Colin Trevorrow. He's been talking about some stuff online. So we're going to do that as well in the news segment. So stay tuned for that next. But first, we do have some news to take care of. So last week, I was actually on the Forcecast. I know I've talked about that show a little bit here in the uh, intro uh, whenever I'm on there. And uh, I was on another episode. And they're doing a uh, three-part series leading up to Rise of Skywalker. And uh, they're, they're taking a look at the uh, the main characters of this, this new trilogy and... Uh, where they came from, from what our thoughts were going into the movies, and where they stood after the movies, the two that we've gotten so far, and where, what we think is going to happen going into the next movie. So we started off with uh, the heroes of the series, and we discussed like the, the, the core heroes and some of the returning heroes, where they stand, and what we'll see coming forward here. And it was actually a lot of fun and um, interesting to take a look back to where our minds were, before the Force Awakens, so if you guys are Star Wars fans, definitely check out the Force Cast. Uh, it's a great show. I was on there with my buddy Ryan, uh, the other uh, co-host that was supposed to be on that segment, uh, Daniel. He was uh, he just couldn't make the episode or something, so I stepped in, and uh, they basically said like I'm like their 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 guy off the bench. So whenever they have uh, you know a blank spot and they need somebody to fill in, I'm I'm the go-to guy. So go check that out. It was a lot of fun to record. I'll make sure to have. Uh, that episode in our show notes if you want to take a listen and make sure to uh, download the show Forcecast um, on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Next up, I want to talk about uh, YouTube here for a second. So um, over the past week or so, we actually, uh, aside from hitting 200 main episodes here, we hit 6,000 subscribers on YouTube. That's That's awesome, guys. Thank you so much to everybody who listens to me talk about our YouTube channel here each and every week and, and uh, you know, promote it basically. But 6,000 of you have joined up and are watching our videos, and, and I think they're getting more fun each and every day. And uh, it's always so much fun to produce these videos. I literally just finished editing another one for you guys that will air maybe sometime this week. I'm not too sure. But, um, yeah, thank you for 6,000. We're going strong. We're already uh, well over that and uh, continuing on. So I want to take it back to... Um, not last week. Well, we'll cover that, but also the week before because I did. I just kind of skipped over that for the 200th, uh, 200th episode. But there were some videos in there that I wanted to talk about. All right. So as you guys know, uh, I've been trying to do a lot of uh, live streams with our Let's Talk Jurassic series. Um, a little while back, I talked about Jurassic World 3, Battle at Big Rock. I kind of did like a full history of Battle at Big Rock, what what's happened with that and where it's come from. Um, I also talked about a new uh, pinball set, um, which I don't even think I mentioned here on the show. So, whoops, uh, sorry about that. But maybe we'll talk about that in the future sometime here. But uh, go check that out for more information, pictures and everything. Uh, there's also a post on our website. I actually did a merch hunt uh, at Walmart. Where's the new stuff, guys? Who knows? Um, but uh, then I did a few episodes. I also assembled. This is one I wanted to talk about here. I assembled the Jurassic Park Jeep 
uh, from Power Wheels. The thing is so, so cool. It was my son Lincoln's birthday um, a few weeks back now, and I put together that uh, full um, video from start to finish, basically unboxing the thing, assembling it, and just uh, giving it a test. And uh, it was a it was a blast, and I think it's a, a fun little video. So go check that one out on our YouTube. Tom has been continuing um, his series through uh, playing through Claire's Sanctuary, the DLC for Jurassic World Evolution. He did part uh, three and four. So three was uh, I guess like two weeks back now, and part four was just this past Friday. So go check out that. He is just going through that game. It's been crazy hectic. And um, I think you'll see some of his frustrations in the game. So go check out that. Uh, also, one of the, the funnest things, funnest, is that a word? I don't know. Uh, one of the most fun things that I did over on YouTube recently was my review of the Ultimate Baryonics Breakout. Now, a lot of people have been loving this video. I've had probably more people than usual reach out and say how funny and stupid this video was. But um, I, yeah, I took a chance and I, and I went pretty outrageous in my review Tried to be a little comical for you guys, so check that one out. Um, I make fun of Owen a lot, so I'm sure if you guys are sick and tired of the Owen toys, I make fun of him quite a bit there. Um, but I think that was a really fun review. That's the breakout set that came from Walmart. It has the Baryonics, it has Owen and a motorcycle, some compies, and a bunch of other little accessories there. Um, but that was a that one was a blast, and I'm trying to do more in the similar similar vein to that one. So stay tuned for more videos just like that if I can uh, keep the comedy up there. I also did, uh, of course, I released the 200th episode. I also did a live stream that same day that we released the 200th episode, talking about episode 200. I also, oh, you know what? Maybe I talked about Battle at Big Rock in this one. That's probably right there. Um, <laughs> I talk about Battle at Big Rock, I feel like, every stream because people are constantly asking in the live chat to, to talk about it, and and it's always on my list. So, yeah, you know what I think I did last, uh, the, the last one I mentioned? I think I talked about the fact that it wasn't in the movie theaters, and then this next one here that I'm mentioning now, I think I did the full history from start to finish. And then I also talked about Velocicoaster, uh, which we discussed in episode 200 and uh, in this live stream here. Uh, we also talked about Universal's Epic Universe, their new theme park, and I think we covered a lot of this stuff in episode 200, so it, it's kind of retreading it, but also taking into consideration what everybody else thought in the live chat. And then, like I said, we did uh, Tom Jurassic's Tom Fishenden, uh, his Claire Sanctuary Part 4. So this week, we've got some fun videos, some fun reviews, and hopefully some other stuff I'm working on. So stay tuned for that. And uh, yes, be a part of our 6,000 plus viewers over on YouTube. And uh, we'd greatly appreciate it if you join in. But man, that was a mouthful. Sorry about that. I'm always promoting a YouTube channel because I think we all do such fun uh, and good work over there. So go check that out. But... Let's get this episode kicked off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. Eighteen minutes and your company catches up on ten years of research. Access main program. Access main security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. It's day. I guarantee it. So first up, we want to thank Matt for the heads up on this one. Sickle Claw 
over on Twitter. Now, uh, the Licensing Expo released an uh, August edition of their magazine, I guess. And it actually, inside, revealed some information about Jurassic content that we'll be seeing here over, you know, 2019 and and beyond. So I'm going to go ahead and read a little synopsis here from the magazine. In 2019 and beyond, fans of all ages will continue to find new Jurassic World products, content, and experiences to enjoy, with new lines from Mattel, Lego, and other cross-category licensees. Expanding game offerings from Ludia and Frontier, Jurassic World The Ride, a brand new state-of-the-art attraction at Universal Studios Hollywood, an all-new animated Netflix series, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous, innovative, always-on digital content, an animated miniseries, Lego Jurassic World Legend of Isla Nublar on Nickelodeon US, plus the first live arena show with Feld Entertainment, Jurassic World Live Tour. So basically we knew about all this stuff in the uh, press release there, but the fact that Lego Jurassic World Legend of Isla Nublar is going to be on Nickelodeon is news to everybody. That is very, very cool. I actually went ahead and checked. I didn't see anything um, on the schedule, uh, you know, for the new show, but I did see that they they are going to be airing Lego Jurassic World The Secret Exhibit, so keep an eye out for that. So this show is basically a follow-up to that. So if you, if you saw that two part series it looks like they're going to be starting to air that on nickelodeon um i'm assuming this is the start i I don't have nickelodeon unfortunately so i'm gonna have to figure out a way to get this show otherwise so that's gonna be fun but that's about it from that announcement so we actually have a link to jurassic outpost article in our show notes so go check it out So you can also find this next one from Jurassic Outpost, but they are relaying that Kevin Jenkins is joining Jurassic World 3 as the production designer. So I don't know anything about Kevin Jenkins, but taking a look at his IMDb page, um, we do see Jurassic World 3 on there. We see Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. That's interesting. Um, and uh, as far as other um, aspects, he's actually dived into uh, visual effects art department art director he was the art director apparently on force awakens and uh warhorse uncredited and uh the art department for guardians of the galaxy thor the dark world world war world war z lincoln um and let's see for visual effects edge of tomorrow um again uh warhorse again australia the Golden Compass, Harry Potter, and the Goblet of Fire. So there's really a lot of big credits here. So that's pretty interesting to me, especially uh, talking about Jurassic World 3 and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. That is really awesome. So if you want a little visual context, Ed Vareau, he was the production designer for Jurassic World. Andy Nicholson was for Fallen Kingdom. Um, Andy actually did a very in-depth interview over on our website with Tom Fishenden. Um, it was like several parts, so go check that out. I'll try to link it in our show notes as well if I can remember. Um, but uh, Andy uh, was awesome, and I really loved his visual style. I loved Ed Rose as well. And I am really looking forward to see how Jurassic World 3 differentiates itself with Kevin Jenkins' work here. So I am very much looking forward to that. Outside of that, this article on uh, Jurassic Outpost actually reveals. I feel like it's like uh, they're, they're they're burying the lead here. Neil Scanlon. I don't I don't think I knew about this unless it was uh, unless this is the first time. But Neil Scanlon is not going to be returning uh, for the animatronics team. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. So 
I guess we're going to have to keep an eye out for a new team here to take care of the animatronics. So I'm looking forward to finding out who that's going to be. But if you want more information uh, from Jurassic Outpost, head to the link in our show notes. So lastly here in the news, I just wanted to go over some of Colin Trevorrow's tweets. He's been uh, hitting up Jurassic World again over on Twitter and talking all about um, his work on his end, the way he sees it. And I always find it interesting to see what he says. It's kind of like some commentary um, after the fact on Twitter. So let's take a listen to some of that. This first one is a response to a tweet that says, the main problem with this film, uh, talking about Jurassic World, is the product placement. It is everywhere. So basically, you know, in Jurassic World, there was so much product placement. Yes, very much so. Um, Colin responded with, That one's on me. I wanted the 2015 park to be as realistic as possible. Partnerships and corporate synergy galore. Then nature could destroy it. So yeah, I think that is um, that is actually great. I know it, it takes a, a lot of people out of the movie when they see, you know, a Mercedes-Benz roll up or they talk about Tostitodons or Pepsi-Saurus or Verizon Wireless presents the Indominus Rex. So yes, that is very abrasive on, on the uh, first viewing. But I think when you actually dive into the reasoning behind it, Colin makes a lot of sense here. That is theme parks today and it's very, it speaks highly about or not highly, it just, it just speaks very um, truthfully about what is going on in theme parks today. So I think that's a good one. Here's an interesting one from Colin himself, just, uh, just throwing this one out there. He says, In development on Jurassic World 2, we got a note that the dinosaurs were way too expensive. When released, folks thought they were way too cheap. Conclusion, dinosaurs are priceless. So yeah, that, that is kind of a tough one, I think. Um, I agree, you know, like, we we all think the dinosaurs were probably too cheap, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know who's buying these things, where the money's coming from, and uh, yeah, so it's kind of one that you can kind of gloss over, but yeah, they did seem a little cheap. Next up, there was another tweet from somebody asking uh, Colin, saying, can you give us anything on Jurassic World 3? Colin responded with, we're sculpting dinosaurs out of clay right now. Helps to understand the true dimensions. Gives them texture and life. Now, that one was followed up by somebody asking about any new species that we haven't seen so far. And Colin said, If there weren't new species, I'd be pretty bad at my job. So that is um, a nice little update from Colin there. We know that they're sculpting dinosaurs out of clay right now. Um, trying to get a good visual as to what they're going to look like. That's awesome. We know that they're going to be doing some new dinosaurs, of course. I mean... We could have guessed that, right? I mean, we, we always assume there's going to be something new. But that was about it. So if you want some more context, I'll try to keep these um, Twitter uh, posts in our show notes so you can actually go ahead and see the tweets yourselves. Oh, there it is. There it is. This is a game trail, Mr. Ludlow. Carnivores hunt on game trail. Hey, Adam's coming online. Get over there! So people think that robots are the future. This is a game trail. Think of machine supercomputers and virtual reality displays. This is a game we call hide and seek. It's a scent drill. We've done it about a thousand times with these animals. This is a game trail. Wait to engage. Look at these creatures. They've got millions of years of instinct in their cells. Instinct that we can program. Herd the animal into a kill zone. That's when we take our shot. Get a clear shot, wait on my command, and give up everything you got. I hate computers. This new program's incredible. Violence and technology, not good bedfellows. This is a game. 
Hey Jurassic fans, and welcome to another segment of The Game Trail, the Jurassic Park podcast segment where we cover all things Jurassic gaming. I'm Aaron Beyer, and today Brad is joining me to discuss Tiger Electronics 2XL Talking Robot. Uh, we're going to do another one of these playthroughs, so, uh, you know, Brad, do you have any questions before we get started for the third time? No, man, I just like, I just appreciate being the guest. It's so nice. It is so good. I, uh, I have a vague idea of uh, what we did last time, so I'll try to route us in a good direction, but as far as questions go, no, I think I'm all set. Okay, uh, you know, if anybody out there hasn't listened to the other uh, couple episodes of the game trail where we did the 2XL talking robot, uh, what 2XL is, he is a uh, Tiger Electronics toy from the 90s. Um, he ta- he plays like little cassette tapes, kind of like a Teddy Ruxpin, uh, but his thing was uh, asking kids like quizzical kind of uh you know things so uh there'd be quiz tapes on science or quiz tapes on sports or quiz tapes on uh really anything uh science and sports obviously are the only two things that come to mind uh, at this point uh <laughs> but then later in the uh generation they started doing choose your own adventure tapes and there was a batman one there was an x-men one there was a superman one and uh you know here at the podcast we consider the jurassic park uh chaos and jurassic park choose your own adventure story the best 2xl tape uh i think outside the podcast other people might have other opinions but that's okay you're listening to the jurassic park podcast so uh we're gonna do another playthrough of this brad you ready i'm ready let's do it all right so you know the rules uh basically what's gonna happen is i'm gonna hit play 2xl is gonna talk um folks listening the only time brad and i are gonna talk is when 2xl asks us to give an answer and then uh other than that, you guys can just sit back and enjoy the story, and then at the end, maybe we'll do a little recap. All right, and here we go. Hello, I am 2XL, everybody's favorite storytelling robot. But you probably already know that. I was just reviewing a very interesting part of the world's history, the period when dinosaurs ruled the Earth, you know, before robots were invented. Did you ever wonder what it would be like to meet a real live dinosaur? I've heard of a man who was so interested that he created his own dinosaurs as well as a place for them to live, a place called Jurassic Park. During this story, you'll be asked to make certain choices from time to time. As usual, please follow all of the instructions. Only press the buttons you are told to press and only after. You hear the word now. So get ready for excitement and adventure as you take a trip through Jurassic Park. But first, you need to tell me where you would like to begin this story. If you would like to start in the United States, press 2. Or if you want to begin on Costa Rica, press 3. Press 2 or 3 now. Let's go 2. Where are you going? United States, two. Do it. Where? Two. Where in the United States would you like to begin? Press three to begin in Snake Water, Montana. Or press four to start at an investment firm in New York City. Okay, it's up to you. Press three or four now. Let's do three. Three? Yep. I forget what it is already. Oh, 
bouncing along in their jeep, Ellie Sattler pushes a strand of her dirty blonde hair out of her face. She looks at the driver, Alan Grant, who has spent the last couple of months living in the Badlands. I'm glad we found the remains of the Dynanesius out here. Any findings on the Dromosaur family helps change the way we think about dinosaurs. Grant remembers what he has learned about Dromaeosaurids. For decades, people held on to the misconception that all dinosaurs were big, lumbering brutes. Findings on the Velociraptors and others of the Dromaeosaurid family has changed all that. Now, scientists hold that there were breeds of dinosaurs who were both quick and intelligent. Home at last. Grant enters their trailer and checks the answering machine as Sattler unloads the jeep. Hello, this is Ed Regis calling for Doctors Grant and Sattler. You may remember me from about five years ago. Now please give me a call at your earliest convenience about a consulting job that should prove mutually beneficial. Grant remembers the job he and Sattler did. As he dials the number for Regis, he hears Sattler calling to him from outside. Something about a helicopter. Who do you wish to follow now? Select one to stay on the phone with Grant, or two if you wish to go outside with Sattler. Select one or two now. I'm going to go with Grant. is typing me one. We'll, we'll stick with uh, Grant. just looks up from his desk. He is about to respond to the knock on his office door when the phone rings. Regis answers it. Hello, Ed Regis here. Hello, Mr. Grant. So good of you to return my call. I must apologize as I have a prior appointment at the moment. Yes, thank you. Good day. Regis hangs up the phone and hurries to open the door. In steps a tall man with dark hair, dressed entirely in black. He slips off his black sunglasses as he shakes Regis's hand. I'm very pleased to meet you again, Mr. Malcolm. Then you are an exceptional person, Mr. Regis. I'll take a seat, thank you. It was very good of you to come here today. It's not every day I get invited to watch a disaster in the making. Regis is dumbstruck. Ian Malcolm is a prominent mathematician, one of the leading authorities on chaos theory. Don't take it personally, Mr. Regis. It's just that what you're undertaking is impossible. To me, the mathematics are obvious. Malcolm explains that Hammond is trying to make an isolated world where prehistoric animals move about freely without ever mixing with the greater ecosystem that is Earth. It can't be done. But we've done it. Malcolm is convinced that the project will fail, but is interested in seeing it nonetheless. The next morning, Malcolm and Regis find themselves on a helicopter, heading for Isla Nublar, just off Costa Rica. On board is John Hammond, the founder of the project, and Alan Graham and Ellie Sattler, a paleontologist and paleobotanist, respectively. As they fly in, they notice another helicopter coming in behind them. What would you like to do? Press A to investigate the second helicopter, or B, to stay with Malcolm and the others. Press A or B now. Let's go B. All right, man, where are you going? You got to type to me. I can't hear you. B. B. 
occupants of the helicopter notice a second helicopter flying some distance behind them. So who's this coming up behind us? Don't tell me you need more experts besides us. You're going to give us an inferiority complex. Hammond explains that the second helicopter contains experts, but of an entirely different sort. Hammond, you didn't... I told you I'd be inviting them. Regis is upset. Malcolm changes the subject, talking about chaos theory. How little things affect big things. A classic example is the butterfly effect, where a butterfly flapping its wings in Peking affects the weather in New York City. Never mind all that. We're here. The helicopter lands and the group piles into a couple of jeeps. As they drive to the resort, the group gets its first close encounter with a dinosaur. Look at that big guy. He's a walking tank. Malcolm points to a large dinosaur, twice as tall as a man and 15 feet long. Large, pointed plates run along its back. Its tail holds four large spikes. It ignores the group as it lumbers along its side of the electric fence on all fours. That's a stegosaurus. One of the stegosaurid family. They're grass eaters. The stegosaurus must have an itch because it starts rubbing itself against a tree. The tree topples over onto the electric fence. With a loud crackle of electricity, the tree is burnt in half, the upper half falling into the road in front of the jeeps. Score one for chaos. The jeeps carefully go around the obstacle. A short time later, the jeeps reach the resort and everyone gets out. I don't hear that other helicopter anymore. They must have landed. Minutes later, another jeep pulls up and two children hop out. One is a boy who looks to be 11 years old. The other is a girl a few years older who is wearing a baseball cap. They run up to Hammond and hug him. Grandfather! Everyone, I'd like you to meet my grandchildren, Timothy and Alexis. So these are the other experts. Introductions are made all around. After a bit of mingling in which Grant learns that Timothy is also a dinosaur buff, Hammond claps his hands. All right, folks, let's get this show on the road. Where do you want to start? Shall we start by learning how we make dinosaurs, or do you want to head straight for the genuine article? Which would you prefer? Select one to learn how the dinosaurs were made, or two if you wish to meet some right now. Select one or two now. All right, let's we're having some audio issues, but Brad is typing me one. Yeah, let's do one. Hammond leads the way into the complex. He enters a security code into the keypad next to the lab, and the door swings open. Here is where miracles are made. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce Dr. Henry Wu. An oriental man in his mid-forties steps forward. He holds up an orange-gold translucent rock. You may not believe this, but all of our dinosaurs start here. Dr. Wu explains that it was dinosaur blood found in a mosquito trapped in amber that provided the scientists with a starting point. They were able to unlock the secrets of the dinosaur's DNA the building blocks in all matter. It took some trial and error, such as having to add amphibian DNA to fill in some of the blanks, but we've been able to reproduce authentic dinosaurs. 
Wu also explains that the dinosaurs are all the same sex to control their population. Lex, not really interested in dinosaurs, sees a door marked Top Secret. She hears something move behind the door. What can hear? Wu and Hammond quickly step in between her and the door. A uh, special research. It's not ready for the public. Nothing that interesting, <laughs> especially when the next item on the agenda is a tour of the park. With that, Hammond bustles the group outside and loads them into a couple of electric cars designed to ride around on a track through the park. Have a good time, children. We'll have ice cream for dessert when you get back. The two cars move off into the park. Regis, Tim, and Lex in the first car. Grant, Sattler, and Malcolm in the second. What would you like to do now? Press 3 if you want to go into the park, or press 4 if you would like to remain at the control center. Press 3 or 4 now. Hammond goes to the computer room so he can track the progress of the electric cars through the park. He sees Nedry lazily typing something into his computer. Nedry scratches his large belly, leaving chocolate fingerprints on his shirt. Hammond mutters to himself, That boy should take up exercising. The old man walks over to the chief systems engineer's desk. Arnold is bent over a video display of the area's weather pattern. Looks like we're in for bad weather. Arnold tells Hammond that a storm system is now heading toward them. Nedry chokes on his soda. Something wrong, Mr. Nedry? Oh, I, uh, I, I, oh, I accidentally got a diet soda by mistake. I'd better get another. Nedry quickly types something into his computer and then leaves the room. This storm could get pretty nasty. Nothing that'll harm the system. But I don't think we should leave those folks out there. As Arnold reaches for the keyboard, the weather video display goes off. He tries entering a command in his computer. Nothing happens. The system's frozen. I can't get anything to work. Arnold tells Hammond he can't make anything work that runs off the computer system. That means the entire security system is offline. And we can't bring the cars back in. Where's Nedry? We need him to fix it. What would you like to do now? Press 1 if you wish to stay in the control room with Arnold and Hammond. Or press 3 if you'd like to follow Nedry. Press 1 or 3 now. Stay in the control room. Press 1. Hammond stares through a window as the rain pours down outside. He begins to pace back and forth. Arnold is sitting at Nedry's workstation trying to bypass the lockout on his system. If I only knew what password he uses, I might be able to get into the system and sort this mess out. I hope my grandchildren are all right. Where is that fat fool? He's been gone for nearly 10 minutes. Hammond starts for the door, only to run into Dr. Wu. Wu is worried that without the security system working, something could go wrong with their special project. I forgot all about that. Arnold, you must get that system up and running now. Arnold decides to reboot the entire system. He shuts off the main switch at Nedry Station. All the computers in the room go blank. 
If it was that simple, why didn't you do it earlier? Arnold switches the system back on. All the lights in the room go out. That's why not. Rebooting the entire system has caused a power overload and knocked out the entire island. Muldoon slams his way into the room, followed by Kelly. The park warden walks up to Arnold and yells right into his face. What the hell is going on here? Security goes out, then the power goes out. Next to be telling me the fences aren't electrified anymore. They aren't. A look of shock passes over Muldoon's face. As the others absorb this information, Muldoon leaps into action. He grabs Kelly by the arm and races for the door. Come on, Kelly. We've got two carloads of people in that park who have no idea the danger they're in. They hurry from the room. Muldoon is concerned about whether the people stayed in their cars or not. This will affect how they search for them. How should Muldoon and Kelly search for the others? If you think they should start, by searching the general area, select B. Or if you think they should start, by searching the last known location of the cars, select C. Select B or C now. Malcolm is sitting in one of the electric cars talking to Regis, who is wrapped in Malcolm's jacket, when Muldoon and Kelly pull up in a jeep. Uh, the cavalry uh, to the rescue. Kelly hurries over to examine Regis. Malcolm approaches Muldoon. It was quite a struggle, let me tell you. Uh, we all thought we were going to be lunch for some lizard. We've already met up with Doctors Grant and Settler in the jungle. Muldoon tells Malcolm that he knows a Tyrannosaurus Rex attacked the cars, injuring Regis and frightening off the kids. He then explains that he gave Grant some supplies to help him find Lex and Tim. So how's the lawyer? He has two broken ribs. I don't think his lungs are punctured, but I'd like to get him back to the infirmary as quick as possible. That may be a problem. He points toward the Jeep. A Triceratops is sniffing the vehicle. It begins nudging the jeep with its horns. Blast! I left my stun gun in the jeep. The jeep tips over on its side. The Triceratops munches some plants that were growing on the spot where the jeep was parked. After a few minutes, it wanders off. Uh, which one of us gets to give Mr. Regis a piggyback ride back to the compound? Under Muldoon's guidance, Malcolm and Kelly help flip the jeep back over. Everything checks out. So they bundle Regis into the back and drive to the compound. Where would you like them to go when they arrive at the compound? Select A for the infirmary or B for the computer center. Select A or B now. Where are you going, Brad? B? B. The Jeep comes to a screeching halt in front of the compound. Muldoon and Kelly rush Regis to the infirmary leaving Malcolm behind. He casually walks over to the computer center. Hello? Uh, anybody home? Arnold steps away from the window, drinking a cup of coffee. Hello, Dr. Malcolm. Pull up a chair and wait for our inevitable destruction. Uh, <laughs> things can't be that bad, can they? Arnold explains that with the compound only running on emergency power, they don't have the energy to run the computer system. Without the computer system, they can't use the phones to contact the mainland. If they can't contact the mainland, they are stuck on the island until the scheduled pickup Monday morning. That's bad. 
At least it can't get worse. Want a bat? Dr. Wu bursts into the room, looking very agitated. He looks around the room nervously, wringing his hands in agitation. It's loose! My special project! It's loose and somewhere in the building! This sounds worse. Arnold tries to calm Wu down. He and Malcolm press Wu on what this special project is. Wu only says that they are all in danger while this thing is running free. I could probably coax it back into its cage, but without the power, there'd be no point. Then it's time I did something. Arnold explains that the main power breakers are housed in a separate bunker. He didn't want to go out to reset them for fear of running into the dinosaurs. Now there's something equally dangerous in the building. Since it's not safe in here or out there, I might as well take the risk. I'll go with you. The pair head off for the bunker. Malcolm heads for the infirmary to tell the others the situation. Press B to follow Dr. Malcolm, or C for Arnold and Wu. Press B or C now. Check out Arnold and Wu. What's he doing? Outside, the bunker stands in a small grove of trees, with 75 feet of open ground between it and the main building. I hope there's nothing nasty waiting in those trees. Kelly is scanning the area when she hears Arnold's voice. She sees Arnold and Wu standing in the doorway. So it seems that we have the same objective, to restore the power. The three of them dash for the bunker and slip inside, closing the door behind them. Outside, a scaly hand fumbles with the door latch. Inside, Kelly turns on a flashlight as the trio looks around. The main power breaker should be in the back. As they start walking, they hear the door opening behind them. Something slips into the shadows. Who's there? Could it be one of the dinosaurs? Nonsense! They couldn't work the latch. Unless... Before Wu can finish, a tool rack topples over on them. A lithe shape leaps over them and runs to the power breakers. It begins tearing up the wire. It looks like a dinosaur, but it's not attacking us. They pick themselves up and Kelly draws her tranquilizer gun. The velociraptor sees them and jumps into the shadow. Kelly fires at it, and it runs out of the bunker. It's trying to stop us from restoring power. How could it know about that? Because it can think. This was Wu's special project, a thinking dinosaur. I better follow it and try to find out what it's up to. Wu leaves. Kelly tells Arnold to return to the computer room while she stays and works on restoring power. That way you'll be ready to fix those computers the moment we have power. Who do you wish to follow? Press 1 to follow Wu, or 2 if you want to follow Arnold. Press 1 or 2 now. Muldoon moves silently along the side of a building. He comes across Wu, who is hiding in the shadows. What are you doing here? Wu tells him about his special project a velociraptor with near-human intelligence. It has already tried to stop them from restoring power. Wu is trying to anticipate its next move. It's not safe out here. All the raptors are on the loose. But we should have power soon. Then Arnold can restore the computers and call the mainland for help. With power restored, Muldoon can now take the time to find Grant and the others. He tells Wu to return inside while he gets Kelly to help with the search. Who do you wish to follow this time? Press 3 
to stay with Wu or press 4 to go with Muldoon. Press 3 or 4 now. I don't know why, I'm just going to stick with Wu. Let's see what he's doing. As Arnold continues to work at Nedry's computer station, Wu leaves to search the building for his special project. Malcolm wanders over to the window. I'll tell you this much. <laughs> uh, the next time an eccentric millionaire invites me to spend a weekend on his tropical island, all expenses paid, I'm going to think twice about accepting. Arnold goes over to his own computer to retrieve some information. Neither of them noticed the intruder enter the room. There. I think that does it. The computers are back online. Now to get communications working, I just need... He breaks off with a cry of pain as Wu's velociraptor leaps on his back, knocking him to the floor. Malcolm turns around in time to see the beast tearing up Arnold's computer. What's with you monsters? First you guys attack a lawyer, now it's a computer operator. What next? Mathematicians? He fires the train gun at the creature. It snarls and runs out of the room. Malcolm checks Arnold's injuries. What happened? Malcolm explains. He tells Wu to try to get the communications working while he takes Arnold to the infirmary. Where would you like to go from here? Select one if you want to find out what will happen in the infirmary, or two if you want to stay in the computer room. Select one or two now. As Malcolm takes Arnold to the infirmary, they meet Hammond heading the other way. Uh, we had a little run-in with your special project. I think it's time I had a few words with Dr. Wu. We must get communication system working. Arnold tells Hammond what must be done to fix the communication system. He hurries off as Malcolm and Arnold arrive. Honey, we're home. Malcolm hears Regis moaning softly. The sedative must be wearing off. Uh, don't worry, pal. I'll find something to put you out. Uh, where do they keep the mallets? He places Arnold on a bed and searches for a sedative. The door to the room flies open, and an intelligent-looking velociraptor enters the room. Oh, no. Uh, not you again. The raptor is next to Malcolm in a single leap. With a hiss, it flings Malcolm to the floor and begins tearing up the room. Uh, uh, I think this has gone far enough. Malcolm draws his trike gun, but the raptor kicks him in the chest, sending him sliding backward across the floor, the gun falling from his hand. Well, uh, you could have killed me if you wanted to. You're more interested in whatever it is we humans are interested in. Only your goal seems to be stopping us from achieving our goals. The raptor finishes trashing the infirmary and leaves. I don't think our clever friend will return here. I better check on the folks in the computer room. What would you like to do next? Select B to follow Malcolm to the computer room or C to stay in the infirmary. Select B or C now. Hammond is putting the last bandage on Arnold's cut when Muldoon, Kelly, and Lex enter the infirmary. Lex, thank goodness you're safe. Hammond gives his granddaughter a hug and tells everyone that a rescue helicopter is on the way. And we'd better just stay in the compound where we'll be safe till it arrives. It's uh, not that safe, actually. 
Hammond tells them about Wu's intelligent raptor and how it could jeopardize their escape from the island. And I guess I'll have to take care of it. Checking his trike rifle, Muldoon leaves the room. But where should Muldoon search for Wu's pet? Select one to have him search the kitchen, or three to search the computer room. Select one or three now. Let's, let's head into the kitchen. Seems like a good idea. Nothing bad happens in kitchens. Muldoon is walking cautiously down the hall, crank rifle ready. He sees a shape dart into the kitchen. I have you now, my beauty. As he enters the kitchen, he hears a noise to his right. He carefully moves in that direction. He is struck hard in the back, falling forward into the open walk-in freezer. Boy, you little son of a... The freezer door slams shut. Muldoon hears something heavy fall against the door. It is now blocked from the outside. Tricky little devil. I'll give you that. Throwing his weight against the door, Muldoon eventually forces it open. Stepping out, he hears screams from the computer room. I'm being set up. It wanted me out of the way. He runs to the computer room. No one is hurt, but all the equipment is smashed. What should Muldoon do now? Should he, B, keep everyone here in the computer room, or C, take them to join the others in the infirmary? Press B or C now. to see Hammond, Lex, Arnold, Regis, and Kelly enter. What are you doing here? Mr. Hammond and I felt that with Wu's pet running around, we shouldn't stay here. She tells Muldoon they should head out to the helipad to wait for the chopper. Muldoon agrees with the plan. Dodgson thinks that's a bad idea. You're forgetting that I have a boat at the dock. Let's use that to escape. Which way should they leave the island? Select one if they should use Dodgson's boat, or four, if they should wait at the helipad for a helicopter. Select one or four now. We've already heard these, so, uh, one. The group hurries from the compound and piles into a couple of jeeps. They drive off for the dock. I hope your boat's big enough for all of us, Dodgson. I don't think that'll be a problem. They reach the dock without incident. Dodson and Nedry lead the way to the boat. It can only hold four people. What are you expecting us to do? Uh, sit on each other's shoulders? Dodson pulls out a gun and holds Nedry hostage. He explains that he came here for dinosaur embryos. That Nedry was to steal for him, but Nedry screwed up. Dodson traveled to the compound to steal some more. I thought your story about getting caught in the storm was suspicious. Just don't try any heroics, and no one will get hurt. Should Grant try something heroic, or should he be more concerned about everyone's safety? Press 2 if you want Grant to rush Dodson, or 4 if you want him to reason with Dodson. Press 2 or 4 now. All right, let's reason with him. Press 4, press 4. Let's be nice. Do this, Dodson. You'll never get away with it. Grant points out that once Hammond gets off the island, he can notify the authorities. By that time, I'll have already passed this canister onto my superiors. Now get out of my way. Grant accuses Dodson of bluffing. 
Dodson claims he's not. To prove it, he'll shoot Nedry in the foot. Not me, please! I hate pain! Pain hurts! A trank dart sinks into Nedry's foot. He falls against Dodson, asleep. When we tumbled earlier, I noticed you had a gun. I switched it with my trank gun. Dodson pushes the sleeping Nedry into the group. Grant and the others stumble over the body as Dodson jumps into his boat. He is casting off when the waters beneath him start bubbling and churning. What's going on? Whoa! A large dinosaur rises out of the water, its long neck flipping the boat over onto the dock. Dodson is trapped underneath the boat. Wow! That Apatosaurus just caught the bad guy! Now we can drive over to the helipad and return to the mainland. That was a wonderful story. Oh, okay. Thanks. You helped make it up. You stopped Dotson from stealing Hammond's dinosaur secrets, and you rescued everyone from the island. Bravo. Good work. <laughs> By the way, did you learn everything about Dr. Wu's pet? If not, then the next time you play this program, push different buttons, and the story will unfold differently. Okay, thanks again for an exciting adventure. Please push my stop button now. Huh. Okay, so we're learning some things about how this game works and how it may not 100% every time. <laughs> there was a lot uh, of So what did you think of that story? There was a lot of repeats that time around. Um, a few little interesting tidbits here and there some new parts um the ending was was cool i like that part uh we hadn't heard that before we i i thought for a second that like oh man i'm trapped between these two endings you know that's it it's either go to the helipad or go on the boat but luckily there's you know a few options that you can do after that point too yeah, you know, as we were going through, so, you know, for the listeners, I, I'm going through and I'm basically uh, recording what everyone uh, is pressing as we go through. Uh, so far, the last, now this will be the third episode, the last three have been Brad, but we'd like to, you know, maybe go off and, and do some other contributors as well. So I'm kind of trying to keep track, but I was noticing that, like, you would pick an option that we had never picked before, but it would jump to a track that we had already heard. Exactly, so, yeah. That's kind of interesting as far as like how this tape is set up. You know, again, I don't know exactly how it works. Um, I do, I do recall like some other stories that were still quite a bit different from this. But yeah, we got some new tidbits. Um, you know, we had a really great scene with Muldoon, and then that ending sequence was new that we had never heard, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, well, you know what the problem was after like the first choice, doing it differently, it, it doesn't matter after that point because. You know, the options could be the same. They they could be the same numbers. They could be different numbers. Um, so I feel like it's really tough to figure out even. And, and then I, I noticed the same thing like you just did, that uh, it jumped to the same thing. And I'm like, well, wait, I, I, I know I wouldn't have chose that way last time or something. So how is it repeating this story? So I feel like... Um, Initially, when we played these these games, uh, you know, I, I was like, "Wow, the the uh, amount of options are endless." But now I'm wondering, like, how endless is it? It maybe it's it's a lot of, um, uh, you know, the different routes that you can take are not so different that they just kind of 
cut back into something that you already sort of know. Yeah, you know, I think with a kid's toy like this, they're they're banking on a couple things. They're banking on the fact that kids get bored kind of easily and, uh, you know, may not play this uh, over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Um, they're definitely not <laughs> banking on the fact that 25 years later, uh, some 30 something year old guys are going to be <laughs> yeah. playing it on the Internet, uh, oh, yeah. you know, and and recording the the options. Uh, but, you know, at the same at the, at the same end, I feel like, yeah, like the 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 choices diverge and then come back together to kind of like maybe uh, readjust itself and 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 get to a common place in the tape and then let you diverge again. And then it brings you back. I think to another thing. So we'll have to see how many more times, you know, we feel like, uh, this is worth doing. Uh, if you guys out there, uh, you know, like hearing it, even if there's some repeats, let us know if you don't like hearing it because of the repeats, uh, you know, keep us informed as well. Yeah. You know, I think, um, uh, I actually, a question popped in my head. So when I was going through, uh, say for instance, one we hadn't heard, Mm-hmm. Did you did you think at any point that all of a sudden it it used similar like a I don't know maybe they recorded like a similar line or something like that or or something along the oh, same see, lines as I'm thinking like I think it's I think it's even more precise than what you're saying I think it's like uh for instance uh there's one there's one line uh one section where you chose A the first time for the second time and be the third time. Now three, that's three different options. I don't know if this was exactly that line uh, or that turn necessarily, but I have a feeling that sometimes certain parts of the stories have two ways of getting there. You know, does that make sense? Like, yeah, like to get to a certain part of the story, you may either hit a or four or something like that. And it'll take you to the same exact track. Yeah. I'm well, wondering, or well, if they have it on there recorded twice, which doesn't seem like a very good use of space uh, <laughs> on a cassette. Yeah. So I don't know. It's really interesting. Well, sometimes I thought I was hearing something different, but it, it kind of intertwined with, oh, that line sounded the same. So maybe like I feel like uh, like a different scene it has some different parts, but also some of the same parts. It was very confusing because I was like well I don't remember that but I feel like I heard him say that before but I don't remember this circumstance because yeah I didn't feel like the story was 100% the same you know we obviously got a few different chapters and yeah I feel like maybe you're right maybe some of the segments were in the same room but from someone else's point of view maybe yeah maybe maybe um because I tried you know at least this time I tried to follow woo a little bit here and there and right uh some of the stuff we have heard before, some we didn't. And then I know I, I skipped the kitchen at one of the other times we've done it. And uh, this time I'm like, all right, let's head in there. So that was a little bit different. And uh, But a lot of the uh, the special project, we've heard some of that before, most of that. Um, yeah, I, I feel know, like I, I don't think know that the... I've learned enough about the special project. I feel like there's missing parts somewhere. You know, I don't know. I mean, it seems like the last few times we've played it all boiled. So essentially the whole story revolves around this special project, right? Um, very, uh, kind of Jurassic world ish actually, uh, you know, come to think of it, there's, there's this special project that Wu has created and it almost seems like no matter what you do, the special project is always going to kind of be the, the linchpin, uh, Mm -hmm. in the story. And 
I'm almost wondering if if we go into the story and say, hey, okay, this time I'm like you did last time where you were like, I'm gonna follow Ian, 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 and this time you were like, I'm gonna follow <laughs> Wu as much as possible. Like, if you just pick a character and follow them, if you'll get like essentially uh, all the different stories there are, and maybe it's not as limitless as we think. Yeah, because you know, I try, like I said, I, we obviously tried to do something different, and I followed Wu this time, but I did feel like we got a lot of Malcolm. Like I remembered a lot of those lines, like. Uh, score one for chaos like that was yeah again, and the calvary has arrived or something like that yeah we've heard a few of those those one-liners and they're just as good the second time but uh yeah i felt like some of it was new um what else oh the oh, the ending here i want to talk about that because i didn't feel like there was one <laughs> No, like, it's uh, it was, the Apatosaur raises its head out of the water and catches the bad guy, and it's like now we can, now we can wait for the the helicopter. It's like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd still probably run from the Apatosaurus. Like, the thing's a monster. Like, it's huge. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe have you felt like there was a definitive ending yet? Whenever you finished, um, not so much definitive, but at least, at least like you sort of knew where you ended up. I I feel like at this point I'm in a boat going down a river and that's it. That's the end. Like you don't know if you actually get to that helipad and we know what happens when you try to get to that helipad, you end up like throwing a Raptor off a cliff and your car blows up and the helicopter blows (laughs) up. And then, you know, like that's what I remember from the last time. So I don't know if that route works out either. <laughs> so, well, it's funny because, like, I, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna guide you there unless we start hitting a bunch of repeats. I might start guiding, but there, there is one story that is absolutely jaw-dropping, phenomenal. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, you keep teasing this, and I just, I really want to find it. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. If we play again and we keep hitting a bunch of repeats, maybe eventually I'll sit home one day and I'll just try to find just it myself it <laughs> and we'll just play it for the audience at home. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that one, though. I, I liked the uh, Apatosaurus thing. And the funny thing about these actors and, and the scenes that they're in, it's they're always so calm. They're always like, oh, man, did you see that Apatosaurus just knock the bad guy over? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Like they're they're it doesn't phase them that a no at all special like, project Raptor is destroying a computer. <laughs> like it, oh Dotson, so I noticed you had a gun, so I switched it out with my Trank rifle. Like, <laughs> like just shoot, shoot him gotta, in the foot. You gotta like, accuse this guy. Yeah, he shoots Nedry in the foot. <laughs> which again, you know, as we found out last time, there's really ever, never any killing or violence in the in this game. Like no. oh, he shot him in the foot with a Trank rifle. Like no big deal. Yeah, it's so funny. And um, this this special project, what was I going to say about that thing? Oh, yeah. Um, I forget who said it. Maybe it was Grant or Malcolm. But they're like, I, I don't know, but it looks like a dinosaur or something like that. They were, like, so confused as to what well, it was. And I'm like, what does this actually look like? Because from the novel, it's, like, a raptor, right? So, And it is. We know it's a raptor, right? So... Why are they so confused? <laughs> well, they're confused because it's not attacking, which is funny because, like, true. they're like, he's like, oh, it looks like a dinosaur, but it's not attacking us. It's like, dude, like, the whole point of Jurassic Park is that you thought it was safe. So, like, now that this thing isn't attacking you, you're, like, disappointed or stunned or something. <laughs> it's like, just run. 
I mean, I see a bird. If, if it's not flying, it doesn't mean I don't recognize a bird. You know, like, <laughs> it's so weird that they that they uh, had that piece in there, but uh, I laugh at well, it. Well, it's, it's also, it's like, if it looks like a dinosaur, sounds like a dinosaur, it probably is a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean, do you got any other final comments on this story? No, I think that about wraps it up. I, you know, it was a bunch of repeats some new stuff but uh either way it was really fun yeah it was definitely a lot of fun it was good having you here uh brad everyone can find you at the podcast but is there anything else you want to let people know uh i guess my personal twitter at brad joe that's about it all right and you guys can find me at aaron d buyer and uh this has been another episode of the game trails so uh have a good night guys see ya Thank you so much for listening to the 201st episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. Thank you so much to Aaron for joining me over a, uh, two years ago. I almost said he, <laughs> over two years ago in 2017, sometime in in early 2017. That is, uh, that's crazy, man. Did you did you realize it was that long ago? Because I definitely didn't. That is, that just blew my mind when I was looking at it. I'm like, all right, I gotta check the info on this file and see when this was made and i'm like wait 2017 are you kidding me so what that means is we need to go back into the vault pull out the 2xl uh do some more recordings with that thing because it was always a blast to do them back then i really hope we can do some more coming up here and if people want to hear more from it and and us and 2xl please reach out and let us know we'd love to hear from you so thank you so much, Aaron, for this awesome episode. But why don't we go ahead and move into the review section. So guys, if you are not uh, leaving us reviews over on Apple Podcasts, you're going to be missing out on this section here because we read each and every review that is written over on Apple Podcasts. So this one comes from one of our own contributors back in 2016. So that was even even longer ago. Um, Now, I don't know if this was before or after he joined up as a contributor, but this comes from Travis Stevens, and uh, the title is I Guarantee It. So basically, uh, let's see, the review says, Brad Jost does a phenomenal job keeping fans up to date on everything Jurassic. The show itself is very well produced, positive, constantly evolving, like the dinosaurs produced by InGen, and uh, and includes other fan submissions when possible. Brad has done such a great job with this. You really get a sense of community, and his style is very engaging. I don't know. But um, he also says, You can tell how hard he works in preparing everything (laughs) and that he cares slash enjoys interacting with other fans. I appreciate that he keeps things positive, too, without being blind to the subtle flaws that any film is bound to have. One of the best things about the show is that whether there is news or to update or not, you never know what um, what might appear in the next episode. <laughs> uh, it might be fellow fan interviews, discussion on perspectives of the films and actors, fun facts, merchandise reviews, or a hundred other things. But I have yet to hear an episode that doesn't pull me in. Ian Malcolm would support this podcast as its wide array of unpredictable topics lines up with uh, lines up well with his chaos theory and would sincerely appreciate that it's not one big pile of blank. This is a family friendly show. <laughs> so that is a review from Travis. Thank you, Travis. And you, you spoke 
perfectly about what the show is today even all the way three years later in 2019 who knew you'd be so prophetic there um and i really appreciate it man i i i always feel so awkward reading like everybody saying like kind things about myself um but but I mean, this it is my show, pretty much. So, yeah. Um, but uh, I really appreciate it, man. It, it means so much to me. And I know you're a great part of this show as well. It's been a little while. We weren't able to get you on the 200th episode. But um, I love, love your segments. Uh, Chaos Theories and uh, Jurassic Jokes, both amazing segments. And you actually, or, you know, Travis joined me on the Christmas special last year with an amazing christmas special that he he pretty much produced it and we did it all live um he did all of these amazing christmas songs if you remember um and we did basically a um a qvc or a home shopping network version trying to sell this album for you know it's fake obviously but um it was it was so amazing it was so much fun to record i love travis being a part of this show but um you know he back in 2016 he, he actually said some pretty good things here about the community um and uh the fact that you don't know what you're gonna get with this show and i think that was hilarious because you never know what you're gonna get with the show and it might be a segment that was recorded two years ago that I had sitting in the bank. So <laughs> that, you know, that just goes to say, like, if you guys don't get your stuff on the mailbag this coming episode or uh, well, maybe not this coming episode, but you know what I mean, the next mailbag or, you know, if I don't get your, your voicemails or your emails or whatever right away, it's because we have a long list of stuff going on. And this episode is, is uh, you know, perfect, uh, a perfect description of what Travis is saying. You never know what you're going to get. And sometimes I don't even know. So I uh, I really appreciate everything you said there. And uh, Travis, let's get you back on the show here with another segment coming up soon. Thank you again. And I guess that about wraps it up. So I'm going to go ahead and play the outro. Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod and myself at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy! Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.